Blessings and salutations. You're listening to What's the Brew with Lowly Moon. I'm your host, Lowly Moon. If this is your first time to come, and if you're a returning listener, welcome back, beloved. This episode, we're sipping on some Blood Moon Brew, where I'll be discussing the upcoming lunar eclipse in Scorpio, a sneak peek of Gemini season, plus all about your energy. Now, let's get into it. All right, my loves. So we are going to get right into our astro tea. There is so much going on. And I feel like since the last time we've spoken, there has been so much cosmic chaos. There's been so much drama. There has been so, so much just crazy stuff going on. Um, Not even just in the cosmos, but just here on the earthly realm, right? Like there's just been so much just stuff going on, you know. Um, we've we've talked about, of course, Mercury stationing for retrograde last time, um, and that has officially, officially, officially has officially happened as of May tenth, um, which was the same day that Jupiter entered Aries, and we also talked about that too. So we are definitely feeling the energy. Honestly, I I feel like the pre shadow period of this particular retrograde um, has been pretty quiet. Usually I'm a little bit more nervous about the pre retrograde shadow energy than I am really the actual retrograde itself because it's always more shady. There's just always more bullshit that goes on. But I felt like this one was, you know, pretty low key and, and pretty, you know, quiet for myself anyway, speaking. Um, but it was almost like as if as soon as we've entered the first 24 hours of the retrograde, Mercury was retrograding very hard and is very much so still doing it. And it's just absolutely insane. Um, But of course, now we have the lunar eclipse in Scorpio, which is also going to heighten our, our thoughts of, you know, confusion and uncertainty and maybe even heightened paranoia you know, of things that aren't really there. So we're going to talk about that um, a lot for this episode. And for this astro tea. Now, as a reminder for Mercury's retrograde, you know, stay low key, mind your business. Okay, allow your success to speak for itself. Do not speak on any plans. This happens. This is more so a rule for everyday living. But if you are one of those people who likes to, um, you know, share all the details of your life with your loved ones, I would say, especially during retrogrades, like keep to yourself, please. Um, You don't really need to be talking about your plans. Um, In fact, most plans that are actually being planted right now might even, you know, take a a turn and not necessarily a turn for the worse, but it's definitely going to manifest potentially uh, completely different from what you're expecting. So it's best to not talk about them until things truly settle down uh, after the retrograde. Um, I would say, of course, technical things like, you know, we have the solar, this this eclipse um, season where there is a tight conjunction to the sun and uh, Uranus, right, in Taurus. So there is definitely a lot of heightened energy of electrical, technical, um, weather even type things that are very topsy-turvy and very up and down. So just be really patient with yourself. Be patient with other humans. Remember that just as the cousins are affecting you, um, you know, and, and you know, as above, so below energy, we're not the only ones who, who sense it, okay? Even those who say they don't believe in astrology, you know, that's fine. They don't have to. The causals are still out here <laughs> doing the most. Um, you know, astrology is really about a practice, not really about a belief system, but more so a practice to help 
guide you in your everyday life. So whether you choose to believe it or not, it doesn't really matter. The plans are still there. Um, but just remember that we're all here on Earth, right? With the same in the, within the same galaxy. So just be mindful of that um, and be really compassionate for other people. And if you keep your distance, okay, and mind your business, you don't even have to worry about getting anyone's mess and vice versa because you'll be in your own. Okay. Um, this is actually, though, I will say a really good time retrogrades. I find personally Mercury's are a really great time for creativity and for us to really allow ourselves to totally just kind of sit uh, quietly and, and within stillness and, you know, truly honor the energy of the hermit. The hermit is the tarot card of Virgo, which is one of the ruling uh, signs of Mercury. So really tapping to the energy of the hermit of, you know, stillness and silence and, you know, listening to what spirit has to say while also um, allowing things to be revealed to you accordingly so that you know how to um, redirect your energy um, under this time. And, you know, reviewing our current projects to ask ourselves what requires adjustments, what requires more commitment, what requires um, more boundaries, right? This is a, a retrograde happening in the sign of Gemini. So, of course, our social circles are also um, heavily stimulated as well as our nervous system because Mercury and Gemini especially rules the nervous system in this medical astrology. So there's just a lot. As you can see, <laughs> there's a lot going on. So just be really, you know, compassionate for yourself as well as others. Um, and stay low key. Don't forget your spiritual hygiene. Okay. So if that means a really simple, quick, super uh, simple, um, you know, spiritual shower versus a bath because it's really hot as F where you are, then do that. But don't neglect yourself because there is cosmic chaos. It's not something to distract you. It is always there right? It's always there. So just allow yourself to just breathe through it. Okay. And that's the best advice I can really give. I don't think that Mercury retrograde, just like any retrograde is something to be feared. It's something to be embraced because it is the true, um, embodiment of change for us. And, and there are several changes going on for everyone, I'm sure. So, you know, just take your time. Okay, but let's talk about this blood moon um, that's taking place in Scorpio. So yes, you guys, this is known as um, a blood lunar eclipse moon because of the shadow um, that will be cast on the moon when the eclipse is taking place. And it's going to have with that reddish orangey kind of color when the eclipse is actually happening. So that is one reason why it is called the blood moon. Now, this lunar eclipse is also the first supermoon of 2022. So it's also very, very, very special in that way because the moon is even bigger and appears brighter than she normally does when we have a full moon. So it's really, really, really special in that way. And the other thing about this moon is that it is also known as the flower moon because it is taking place in the month of May, which is known as the time as, as we know, April shower, spring, May flowers, all the blooming colors of nature that take place in the energy of May, right? Taurus season, Venus season. So of course we have color and growth and abundance. So this is a really, really potent moon that is really, really, really special. Now, when I think of flower, I think of the fact, I think of like, you know, Venus and, and roses and dandelions and... Um, daisies, you know, I think of honeys and the bees and, and, and pollination and all these kind of things and all this energy that is the energy of life, right? And when I think about Scorpio, I think about life, of course, as well as death, but especially the energy of the sacral chakra. 
and you know the ability to create and feeling the spark of creation within ourselves before we even give birth to it and so i feel like this moon even though scorpio has a lot of like you know typical stereotypical uh darkness and shadowy and death and rebirth and destruction blah 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 about it there is also this very beautiful light of 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 life that is also being birthed at this time too i feel with this full moon because it is the lunar moon and because it is the super moon the first one um, of 2022 so when does this moon take place? Well, it happens actually in three days. So if you're listening to this on Friday the 13th, um, it is taking place um, on May 16th, which is Moon Day, which is, of course, the day that is ruled by the moon. So for those of you who like to work with cosmic alchemy like I do, you'll definitely want to start your rituals during the hour of the moon because we're already having the moon on Moon Day. So you might as well go all in. Okay. Now, with that also being said, um, this is also taking place right at the witching hour. So depending on where you are, if you're at the Eastern Standard Time, this moon is taking place at 12.14 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, okay? Now, if you are on the Pacific Standard Time, then this is taking place at 9.14 p.m. Uh, Sunday, <laughs> okay? Um, but this is a very, very, very special moon. Why? Well, because it's very close to the nodes of fate, right? As we know, the eclipses take place based off of the axis where the nodes are. So the north node in Taurus, the south node is in Scorpio. Now, this Scorpio moon is taking place at the 25th degree of Scorpio, which means, of course, that the south node, which is sitting in Scorpio, is at the 22nd degree where the North Node is in Taurus, and the Sun, of course, is at the 25th degree as well in Taurus. So there's a lot of energy to do with fate um, taking place, of course, with this eclipse, as all eclipses are. But because it's such a tight conjunction and the Moon is connecting with Jupiter, I feel like there's this really huge maximized um, rushed aspect of our future that we've been manifesting is now coming to the front and in our faces. Okay, so for example, if you have in your future goals of your higher self, we'll say in quotations, um, that you are to, you know, I don't know, have a big, have a home and, and have a family um, and, and have your business, you know, be so successful in this particular way or reach a certain, you know, title in your, in your, in your company, in your job, in your career, whatever that might be for you, um, you might actually see these kind of things start to manifest right now, even though you might not really feel completely prepared for them because it seemed like such a far distant away and Jupiter and Aries is saying, JK, it's happening right now. And because this moon is working in harmony with Jupiter, who's sitting in Aries, there is this expansive energy of the self and the self growth that's taking place. And Scorpio is kind of saying like, okay, you said you were ready when you manifested this shit. Did you feel that you weren't ready back then? No, then you wouldn't have manifested it. So therefore, if you had manifested it back then, you were ready back then. So here it is now. Stop acting brand new. Let's keep it moving, right? That's what, the, that's what this moon's really telling us and teaching us is careful what you wish for because one day you'll just get exactly that. And if you aren't ready to catch that blessing with two hands, then you're, you know, you're missing your appointment with the divine. And that's on you period. So with that being said, I will say this, 
Jupiter in Aries is a really, really, really fun energy. I feel like the first day of Jupiter being in Aries was honestly a beautiful day. Um, I spent it just doing a whole lot of self-care and taking myself out in nature, you know, going to see the flowers and, and the water, the river, and all this kind of stuff. And it just felt like a really, really, really nice day. It was also very hot. My goodness. Um, but it's been a lot of real, a lot of fun. So shout out to all the Aries placements. Um, I For those of you who are having your Jupiter return, I hope you are receiving all the abundance and growth and expansion of wisdom and knowledge and um, wealth and security for yourself and your loved ones throughout this transit. Um, this is a really interesting time, honestly. But Okay, real talk though, Jupiter and Aries is very impatient. Aries, as we know, is very, very, very impatient being a cardinal sign and being the very first of the zodiac. Jupiter and Aries is like, oh my goodness, it's like Mars on freaking steroids, right? So it's, it's, it's insane and it's very impatient. And so the things that we are manifesting under this moon um, can grow very quickly, which can be really fun and, and really awesome and also very tempting, right? Because we all want things now, 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 now. We want validation now. We want our success now and all these kind of things. But that could also mean a really quick burnout too. Okay. Um, so let's just be mindful of that and remember that. Um, so if you are looking to have certain things, you know, kind of speed up because they've been kind of slow for you, then yeah, definitely, you know, do some, you know, ritual to kind of help enhance it if you desire under the lunar eclipse energy because of that growth that we're going to have with Jupiter in Aries. Now, like I said, the moon is connecting with Jupiter and Aries in a positive aspect, which is a trine, but the moon is also making a trine to uh, Neptune and Mars in Pisces. So yes, Mars is still in Pisces at the 23rd degree, while Neptune is at the 24th degree of Pisces. So they are connecting with the moon in a really beautiful trine. So this to me looks like a lot of astral travel, to be honest, and definitely a lot of like meetups with your star fam and whatnot and your ancestors. So as always, pay attention to your dreams. Um, be mindful of what you are speaking. Be mindful of what you're craving. Be mindful of you know, the visions you're having, the numbers that you're seeing, the synchronicities that you're seeing in nature, all those things, because they're all answers for you to discover. And it might not be all at once, but it's going to happen anyway. Um, so yeah, I feel like there's a lot of that kind of energy um, in the air. Um, and now because, you know, Mars is, you know, one of the classical ruler, well, the classical ruler of Scorpio, I want to put Mars a little bit here. So Mars is sitting in Pisces, which is still a very kind of, you know, slow, gentle kind of energy, um, you know, going with the flow, taking our time, understanding that, you know, what comes to us comes to us. And it's better to just allow than to try to control things and just have complete faith. The uh, Mars in Pisces is like the hangman of the tarot that says this requires stillness. And the stillness does not mean um, your plan is not working. The stillness just means that stillness is required. And that's really all it is. And if you stand still for a moment, you'll see the miracle that's being birthed before your eyes. And that was and that will inspire you in many ways as well to move forward. Okay, so even though we have this energy of Jupiter and Aries, that's like, yes, things are going to grow really, really, really quickly. I'm looking at Mars, who's in Pisces in conjunction to Neptune, who's like, yeah, this can move really, really quickly, but it could also get slowed down just as quickly, simply because you are distracted. 
Okay. Um, Scorpio is all about temptation, addictions, um, control, as well as sometimes possessions in certain ways, right? These are the shadow aspects of, of um, Scorpio. And, you know, sometimes those temptations and addictions is the addiction of distractions, and allowing ourselves to get kind of lost in them because it's easier to just exist in the distraction than to actually be held accountable and do the work, right? So um, there's a lot of that energy here too as a lesson. And again, this is a moon that is conjunct to the south node. So these themes of, you know, um, cycles of ourselves that we've had to overcome, right? So like, past life karmic cycles, okay, um, and, and those patterns that we've chosen to let go of in order to step into the higher timeline that's in alignment with our north node, for example, um, this is also taking place right now as, as a theme because we are in the energy of Scorpio on the south node. Okay, so yeah, there's a lot going on here with this moon. Now, of course, with a full moon, we do have the opposition of the moon to the sun. So the sun in Taurus, um, with the conjunct to the north node, and of course, Uranus in Taurus is actually really, really beautiful because Taurus reminds us that, listen, BBG, you are a goddess. You are the creator of your own universe, okay? You exist on this realm so that you are able to create and give birth to the life that you desire. So do not fear the change that is coming through. Do not fear the eruption. Do not fear the destruction of thy old self. Embrace it because you are birthing yourself over again. And there is so much beauty in that right? The, the, some of the best things that happen to us in our lives, you know, there's so much anxiety and, and pent up emotions and uncertainty before it happens because we don't know what it's going to look like because it's not comfortable to us. It's completely new to us. And then when we enter it, we're like, oh, it's not so bad after all. Like when you jump into the ocean for the first time or in a pool and you're maybe you're scared that the water's a little too cold and your body is going to get, you know, you're going you're gonna to freak out. But then once you jump in the water, you're like, oh, this is great. Why didn't I do this before? Right. So there's this energy of, you know, softness and release and acceptance of the decaying process so that you're able to birth the new that's happening with this uh, lunar eclipse. And that's a huge test though, right? That's the huge test. So whatever is coming to the shores for you under this lunar eclipse um, that has to do with, you know, truly letting go of karmic cycles and truly, you know, releasing your fears of um, success or your fears of what happens when you actually receive what you've been praying for. Because sometimes we pray for things and we want to manifest certain things. And then when it starts to actually happen, we become that Mr. Krabs meme with the googly eyes and freaking out and screaming internally. Like as if it was just like a game to us. Like, no, honey, <laughs> this is what you signed up for. And yeah, it's going to happen now. Can you handle that? So this moon's also going to help us with being a little more realistic with those plans. And maybe that requires us to take a step back and sit in that stillness that Mars and Pisces is showing us. Now, this moon, of course, is as well ruled by Pluto, who has recently-ish uh, stationed for retrograde. So, you know, 
Pluto, of course, is sitting in Capricorn at the 28th degree, which is a very late degree. So there is this idea of release taking place and closing out old cycles to receive that abundance for, for thyself. And I say that because Pluto is making a really nice um, sextile, of course, to, um, you know, to, to Jupiter in Aries. And so there's this idea of release that comes through um, this with this uh, aspect. And on the receiving end, of course, is growth for ourselves, abundance for ourselves, because we're talking about Aries energy, right? Now, Pluto, of course, um, is not just making that one tiny aspect. There's also, of course, a sextile to Mars to support this in Pisces. So again, with forward action, with forward movement, with taking steps forward, um, you know, towards yourself, you are letting go of the old ideas that you are not worthy of this wealth, of this success, of this abundance, which is all the energy of Taurus that Pluto is also connecting with respectfully because with the sun at the 25th degree of Taurus we actually have a really nice trine to Pluto in Capricorn so there's a lot of self-growth you know that comes with this moon and I just want to say for the collective overall um, I'm really proud of everyone and you should be proud of yourself because <laughs> getting through this eclipse season has not been easy it's been so unpredictable it's been like this I don't know. It almost was like a jaw, like a like a like a Jaws movie, where you know, everyone's having a chill time in the ocean and 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 swimming and and surfing, and then out of nowhere, this great white sh shows up with all this with this whole mouth of of white pearls, right? And it's just like, oh my god, what's going on? I don't know, you guys. It's just been crazy. It's been a really crazy time. Um, I've always said, even I remember in the last podcast episode, I was saying how excited I was for this moon. And I didn't know what the excitement was was for. I just knew that spirit was saying, get excited. And so I was. And now I'm just like, uh, okay, great. Not what I expected, but, you know. Um, so, yeah, just, you know, take your time, you guys, you know, digesting this moon's energy. There is a lot of shedding to happen. This is still the energy of Scorpio. So we are shedding lots of layers of skin. The process of shedding is not something to be rushed. When a snake is shedding its skin, it is not using its fangs to pull off the damn skin, right? It is, you know, slowly gliding and, and, and swerving and moving along as the skin is shedding on its own naturally. Okay. And that'll happen too. So Jupiter and Aries has a lot of like big ideas and really big expectations of thyself and only you can really fill those shoes. Right. And don't make yourself feel bad and set yourself up for failure by making these really big expectations for yourself. Because then you end up in this idea, this, this spiral of control, which is totally false and totally delusional. And then you get upset and then you don't ever celebrate your blessings. And that's not what this means about at all. This is the flower moon taking place in Scorpio, which makes me think of the idea of instead of waiting for someone to give you your flowers, you have to grow your own beloved. Okay. This is a do it yourself DIY ting. Okay, this spiritual growth ascension shit is a DIY DIY ting. You can't be waiting for other people to give you your stuff. Okay, um, look to be your own oracle. Look to be your own confirmation. Look to be your own angel number, and just know when the right time is there. Okay, now because this is of course a blood moon, um, I am going to highlight the fact that you know rituals 
with your yoni blood if you have your menstrual cycle can be very, very powerful. Some of you might say that's really gross. And to you, I say you are probably just a baby in this practice. And that's cool. Good for you. But don't be all grossed out. Um, you should love yourself. Okay. And all your fluids. Um, but yeah, this is a really great moon to work uh, blood magic, honestly, if, if you're into that. Um, it's very powerful. Um, blood, of course, is one of the most, is one of the, the most strongest personal bonds in the universe, right? Which is why, um, you know, when you are <laughs> tapping into sex magic, which I was actually going to talk about next, um, and if you do that when you're on your menstrual cycle, that is very, very binding of, of soul contracts and etc. because it is a personal bind of yourself, the strongest one, I would say. Um, in the universe. Um, but yeah, so with that being said, you can also tap into some sex magic if you want, whether you are alone or with others. The energy of the sacral is very potent at this time and should definitely be um, respected. You know, I don't think you need to overstimulate it because for some people that's too much energy to handle. Okay, let's be real. Um, and that can look really just messy. Um, exhibit A, Nick Cannon. Um, but anyway, you know, uh, definitely tap into some sex magic that could be very, also very powerful, um, uh, under the Scorpio lunar eclipse. Um, and also I want to say, you know, it is a flower moon. So if you want to use the element of earth, which is of course the element of Taurus as well, and bring in that Taurus kind of energy to ground the energy of Scorpio, you can definitely do that too. Okay. Um, I think that'll also be really, 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 really beautiful. But the most important thing is to follow your intuition and do what you want because at the end of the day, this moon is to serve your purpose, is to serve your destiny, your path. It is a lunar eclipse, okay? So eclipses can be felt for up to six months where the events of this eclipse unfold up into that time, okay? So yes, we enter a new moon cycle as of May 30th, um, but the lunar eclipse energy will be felt for six months, Okay, so shout out to all the Scorpio placements, okay, Scorpio suns, Scorpio moons, Scorpio ascendants, y'all are going to feel this the absolute most. If you have Scorpio placements in the late degrees, okay, so from 20 to 29 degrees, you are going to feel this the absolute most. That also includes Tauruses um, with those late degree placements as well as Aquarius placements in those late degrees and Leos in those late degrees degrees as well. Okay. Um, but yeah, shout out to all the Scorpio placements and um, happy, happy, happy full moon, you guys. Let's get into our Gemini season tea. Okay. So we're going to talk about Gemini season because four days after this full moon takes place, we will actually be entering Gemini season. Yes. So shout out to the Geminis. We love Geminis. Love you guys so very much. You guys are like just the best. I honestly, I love Geminis. Um, I'm surrounded by a lot of Gemini's uh, energy and they're a lot of fun. We love Geminis. But anyways, the moon, or sorry, the sun enters um, Gemini as of 9.22 p.m. That is Eastern Standard Time. So 6.22 p.m. post uh, Pacific Standard Time um, on May 20th. Okay. So Gemini season is, I feel like it's going to be a lot of fun. I feel like we're going to be like really in the heightened energy of summer and play. And of course the inner child coming out to have some fun as well. Um, and really just, you know, I would say just really just having some really great conversations with the inner 
the inner self and really just paying attention. And I'm saying that because as the sun enters Gemini, we are still, of course, in the retrograde of Mercury, which is taking place right now in the sign of Gemini. So as soon as we enter Gemini season on May 20th, we're going to have a tight conjunction of Mercury to the sun, which honestly doesn't really concern me. I don't think there's anything like really major or like intense or scary or, you know, red flags we have to worry about with that. Um, but I do feel like it could be a heightened time where there is a collective maybe um, feeling going on within our nervous system. So on that day, I would say, um, you know, if you're going to be online, do it quickly and then get off because to me, it just feels like big, like energy harvesting energy and just a lot of kind of a lot of, um, I don't know, I don't want to say scare tactics, but just things put out there into the collective to create a reaction because that day is going to be so heightened within our systems. Okay. So yeah, just be really mindful with that. Um, but you know, this is the season ruled by Mercury. So more than anything, what you speak, you become. Sun conjunct Mercury literally says what you speak, you become, okay? Yes, your words that have intention is what really can solidify more so as your um, present. But as we know, the gods can be also very humorous and play with us in our words. And so that's why it's very, very, very mindful, I would say, and important that we are um, very intentional with when we are speaking and how we are speaking. And if there is anything to really say, then just don't. <laughs> we don't always have to be speaking to communicate, right? I feel like, and, and hopefully, you know, in the near future, and maybe I'll return when this happens, I don't know. But maybe at some point, humans will return to a communication that is all telepathic and is less words being used and more so sounds or symbols. I don't know you know, in order for us to communicate with, you know, uh, beings of other realms, right? So let's be real here. C communication is not just through talking. Um, but with Gemini, this is the energy of the subconscious. This is the energy of the third house, which is like the classroom of life. You know, it's kind of how you learn things, how you perceive things, how you receive knowledge, and you understand things. It's also the house where we can see our relationship with our, with our siblings. Um, but I also see it as as well as the house of the inner child a little bit because there is, of course, that duality. And duality can look like yin and yang energy, which a lot of times the inner child is sometimes known or labeled as the uh, the shadow aspect, <laughs> which is not really true. I feel like they're separate entities. But anyways, you know, there is a lot of sub subconscious stimulation during Gemini season. So this is why it's also very important to be very mindful of what you are watching and digesting and listening to during the season of Mercury, because our subconscious minds are highly stimulated at this time. And I also just want to say, side note, um, the things that take place in the media during Gemini season are also very telling as to, you know, how energy harvesting kind of rituals are done on the collective. And that's just real tea. And maybe tea for another time. But, you know, I just can't help but not say anything about that. Um, also, because it's Gemini season, I will say mirror magic. Oh my gosh, you guys, excuse me. Mirror magic is super important and is really fun to do during um, Mercury season. Um, when I think about Gemini, I think, of course, about the hermit somewhat a little bit, but more so I think about the magician card. 
right? And the ability to create with the elements that we have within us. And I really feel like by really tapping into um, mirror magic, we can really see that in ourselves a lot more and even give ourselves our own glow up, which can be really, really just special and really healing in many ways too. So let's just look at what's coming into Gemini season. We have a few things going on. So first of all, we're going to have um, on May 22nd, the first quarter, or sorry, the last quarter moon in Pisces. Um, then on that same day, but later on in the nighttime, Mercury, who is still retrograde, um, and on that day will also be retrograde, will re-enter Taurus. And this is why I was saying online somewhere, I don't know where I wrote this, but uh, I do believe that this lunar eclipse is very much so connected to this particular um mercury retrograde and i feel like a lot of the events of this eclipse won't really be felt until maybe the sun enters gemini i don't know why that's just how i feel um because when mercury does station direct she will be or they will be in taurus um at the 26th degree whereas this moon is happening at the 25th degree so there's a lot of kind of similarities here going on. So on May 22nd, Mercury will re-enter Taurus, which we love. Um, and then on May 24th, we're going to see Mars enter Aries, <laughs> which will be very interesting because at some point Jupiter will conjunct Mars and Aries, which I've discussed the whole timeline of Jupiter and Aries um, up on the blog at mysticmedicine.com if you are interested in that. Now on May 28th, we will have uh, Venus enter Taurus, which is so, so, so nice to have because then we're also going to have um, the new moon in Gemini um, on May 30th. So having Venus in Taurus for that new moon in Gemini, I think is really, really awesome because it's the first new moon that we're going to have post-eclipse season. We're in this new moon energy. Things are going to feel a lot lighter, I think, for a lot of people. And, you know, we're really starting to settle into this new skin that we have. And that's going to be really, 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 really beautiful, um, I will say. And then, of course, we're going to have Jupiter stationing direct. Or sorry. Oh, my gosh, you guys. Mercury stationing direct on June 3rd. Um, and then the next day, we're going to have Saturn station for retrograde at the 25th degree, 25th degree of Aquarius. And there is that degree again, number 25. Okay. The number 25 is really, really, really potent, I'm going to say, um, for that season, just looking at the astrology here. Um, and then we're going to have on the 7th of June, the first quarter moon in Virgo, which seems really fitting and really grounding and also really nice after <laughs> handling that first, you know, 24 hours of Saturn retrograde energy and, and, and feeling Saturn in whatever way he chooses to teach us a lesson. Um, June 13th, we'll have Mercury enter Gemini. So that'll be, you know, I should say Mercury re-entering Gemini, correction. Um, and then on the 14th of June, we will have the full moon in Sagittarius, which will be very interesting, I think. I think we're going to see a lot of heightened, um, you know, um, riots and marches and all these kind of things going on. Maybe riots the wrong word, but honestly, with Jupiter and Mars in 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 Aries, it probably will be a riot. Um, and a lot of just like that kind of energy, you know, so be mindful of that. Sagittarius moon tends to bring out a lot of 
uh, global unification <laughs> in the way that the system, quote unquote, doesn't like because it's threatening to the matrix, but it's actually a good thing. So a lot of that kind of awakening and kind of pushing back and reinforcement will be taking place, I feel, um, for that full moon. But we'll talk about that a little later, of course. And then on June 20th, we will have the last quarter moon at the very last degree of Pisces, which is the 29th degree. And that's happening at 11, 11 PM um, Eastern standard time. So I love that. So that's what we have going on for uh, Gemini season. There's a lot of interesting things with Mercury. I'm seeing a lot of things with the numbers of 25 here in the astrology. So that's really interesting. Um, but yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of just, you know, synchronicities and, 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 um, you know, just really understanding that there was no need for us to really try to control these things that have to do with fate that we have learned during um, this eclipse season, because there were multiple paths for us to take anyway, and multiple paths of ways that this could have, that our plans could have manifested anyway. So it didn't really matter. And I think with Gemini, of course, yes, being the card of the magician, but more so the card of the lovers is a huge reminder of that, that there are so many paths opening up for us. It's not just one. And to try to control ourselves to one only is actually really self-sabotaging. And I feel like Gemini season really helps us kind of remember that we're so lucky that we have multiple paths, you know, manifesting for us. And that's the beauty of it all. Okay, so that's what I have to say about Gemini season for now. Shout out to all the Geminis. Love you guys so very much. If you are a Gemini sun, happy solar return. I love you, Gemini suns, so very much. You are fun. You are dangerous. You are loving and caring and amazing and beautiful. And you just, um, you really help out the Libras. And, you know, so shout out, shout out to y'all. Um, yeah, okay, you guys, I want to get into... The spiritual gospel because this is actually the piece of the podcast that I was really pushed to talk about and the reason why I'm putting this out today I wasn't even really planning to really record anything to be honest I know that sounds really kind of sad because it's the lunar eclipse in Scorpio but I was kind of just like eh if I have something to share I guess I'll share it when it comes but I'm not gonna force anything you know and that's really just because the energy is just um it's still brewing um yes a lot has happened but it's still brewing. So I didn't really want to, you know, really say anything. Um, but then this morning I woke up and I, you know, was looking at the chart and I realized what today was, which of course is the only Friday the 13th happening in the year of 2022. And it's also, of course, when the moon is waxing and in the sign of Libra. And after sharing um, my post that I made last year about Friday the 13th, I noticed that the moon was also in Libra for that day. So once I started to recognize the synchronicity of this particular special day, I was like, okay, spirit, what you want me to say? So we are going to talk about your energy and what that truly means. So when I'm talking about energy, I'm talking about your inner G, your inner goddess, okay? And I'm talking about goddess energy, which sounds very basic, but it's actually very, very, very deep. And the more we talk about it, the more we can realize how many depths the goddess actually has as an archetype and as an energy. Um, so today is Goddess Day, also known as Friday the 13th. Now, Friday the 13th is a day that is known as bad luck to many right? 
But the truth is before this folklore and before these even, you know, ancient religions that are considered ancient, you know, there were even older religions before that where Friday the 13th was celebrated as a day to honor the goddess. Okay, the number 13 is considered the number of the goddess as this is the number which which manifestations of the goddess show up in nature. So, for example, the moon has 13 cycles in a year when we have a blue moon, which is considered very powerful and very special, right? Just as women um, have 13 menstrual cycles, okay, throughout a calendar year, um, the 13th day of a woman's cycle is usually her most fertile Yes. Um, 13 is also the classical number associated with witches, as there are usually, you know, 13 members within the coven. Now, the number 13, of course, is what many actually don't know, is actually associated with Venus as well, as there are five Venus cycles that occur every eight years. Okay. And in those eight years, Venus goes around the sun 13 times. Yes. So I find it very interesting that whenever there is a Friday the 13th and people talk about it online, <laughs> it's usually the same simple details about, oh, the moon and her cycles and women and their cycles and blah, 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 blah. But no one actually talks about Venus and her cycles when it's literally called Friday the 13th. It's only honorable because Venus is in there. Hello. So allow me a Venetian to give Venus her flowers. Okay. Yes. Venus goes around the sun 13 times during her five cycles in the eight years. So it's very, very, very special for Venus as well. Now, also the letter M is somewhat associated with the goddess energy and the goddess in general as well, because it is the 13th letter in the alphabet. And it is the same letter, which starts the name of various matriarchs, uh, archetypes including Mother Mary, um, Mary Madeline, and of course, simply the title of mother itself starts with letter M, just like as we talk about the matriarch, it starts with letter M as well. Now, like I said, today is the only Friday the 13th that we will have for this year. So this is actually a really, really, really special day for manifesting. Okay, like I said, last year's Friday the 13th, we had the moon in Libra. And this year, again, we have the moon in Libra, which is very, very special because Libra is one of the two signs ruled by Venus herself, which of course is truly comforting for the rituals that are being performed for today. Um, you know, we have the waxing moon in Libra, we have this Venus, beautiful Venus day, you know, so it's really, 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 really um a special time for us to do some work if we want to. And this work, of course, can also be super simple and just something for yourself. Okay, so because it is the day of the goddess, I wanted to talk about how you can embrace the goddess and your inner goddess energy yourself. Um, first of all, I will say this. I believe that goddess worship begins with loving ourselves with the deepest compassion when we are able to fully, fully, fully accept ourselves through the act and commitment of self-love, we can then show up for others and be in a space of nurturing. This is true goddess energy, okay? Taking care of ourselves and not neglecting our mind, our bodies, or our soul 
is also big goddess energy. It truly, truly is. And I believe there are many ways that we can enhance our, you know, our, our goddess energy. First of all, the first one being uh, self-care, right? As I mentioned earlier, this is one of the most simple and most important ways that we nurture ourselves. In fact, I would say it's the only way that we nurture ourselves by taking care of ourselves, giving a shit about ourselves, giving a shit about what we actually do with our damn lives and not just living the same day over and over and over again and being miserable. Okay. Self-care includes checking in with your mental, taking care of your physical, including your yoni. If you have one, listening to your intuition and strengthening it by continuing to listen to it. Yes. That's how you do it. It's really that simple. And also expressing yourself emotionally. Okay. The goddess expresses herself through how she manifests into nature and in our bodies. So for example, in nature, we can see the goddess erupt like a volcano or as the dance of massive waves on the ocean surface. Now in our bodies, it can look like our moon cycles being off its natural pace or even inflation within the body in various ways. Okay. Um, you know, goddess is the element of earth. So feed yourself good foods, whole foods from the earth herself that bloom in nature more colorful foods, eating the foods that match the color of your chakras. So if you're looking to heal your heart chakra, eat more greens. If you're looking to balance out your root chakra, eat more red foods. Okay. Um, water, because water is literally life itself. It is the source of everything. So really anointing yourself in water through beautiful spiritual baths, spiritual showers, but also just giving yourself water and life force energy and replenishing yourself with that energy. And when you're drinking that water, speaking life into yourself as well over it because water holds memory. So naturally, when you speak into your water, you're allowing it to capture the energy and memory of that uh, spell, right? So really just embodying that. Um, and because goddess energy is the element of the earth, you know, the earth has as well, yes, beautiful fruits and foods, but also beautiful herbs. So adorning our spaces with plants and flowers of the highest vibration, like roses, can invoke the goddess even more within us and around us. Okay. Um, you know, and of course, the goddess births life too. So having a creative outlet and spending time enjoying that outlet is goddess energy and using the energy of to, of today to inspire you to tap into old interests and new, and new um, ones as well. Okay. So yes, by the time you're listening to this, it might be kind of late in the day. It might not even be Friday anymore, but the point is allow the energy of the, of this 13th day on Venus day to, um, you know, really inspire you to go back to your creative outlets. Um, sometimes when we see all this cosmic chaos, we get a little, uh, you know, riled up and distracted and, and we, we forget about those creative outlets, which are also outlets for us to help release our stress and, and ground ourselves. And it's really important. I believe that we return to those so that we can create balance, which is definitely, definitely, definitely needed again, as we are, anchoring into the energy of the lunar eclipse in Scorpio. 
Now, something else I really want to highlight too about the archetype of the goddess and goddess energy is that the goddess is also a destroyer. Okay, she's the energy of destruction and death itself. Shout out to Mi Madrina, Santa Muerte, and Kali Ma. Sometimes you have to fuck shit up so that you can make some shit happen. All right, that's just true tea right there. And actually, right now, we are in the thick of this type of goddess energy with the full moon uh, in Scorpio, of course, taking place on moon day. The energy of destruction and resurrection is very, very, very high. Okay, but let's be real. The goddess doesn't, you know, just destroy things out of spite. The goddess simply removes what is no longer. So if it is lacking life, it has done what it was meant to. It has fulfilled its purpose. And it is now time for us to say our goodbyes and move forward to receive life again. Okay. So as a reminder, under this full moon's energy... And even tonight, today, under this Friday the 13th, if there is anything that you know is no longer carrying life, it's okay to remove it. It's okay to destroy it. It's okay to cut down those 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 old uh, roots, okay? Sometimes you got to pluck off some leaves to create some growth in your plants, in your garden. And that's all it really is, is maintenance of life source, okay? Now, another way that we can, you know, embrace and up our goddess energy is recognizing that goddesses only sit in the company of other goddesses, okay? So keep your frequency high by only maintaining and entertaining high frequencies. If you are entertaining anything that you know is below you, then you are therefore no longer maintaining a high frequency. Because once you start to uh, tap into it and dismiss it and etc., you start to go into this energy of the clown and the jester and the joker. Okay. Um, there's this quote that I found when I was creating my manifesto board for 2022. And it's a quote from Paris Hilton from, from some episode of the simple life, I think. And she says, um, I don't respond to weirdos. It only, um, you know, it only supports their behavior. It, 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 it allows them to feel like, yes, give me more. And so with that, <laughs> I want to say, um, you know, don't entertain the energy that you don't want to become because eventually you will. Okay. So sometimes that means when everyone's commenting and talking the same damn thing and you want to put your own thing piece out there, sometimes the best thing you can do is not put it out there and simply just move along, rise above it. Okay. Um, and with that being said, re remaining in this high frequency requires removing the distractions that do not dim the light of your crown, okay? So keep your goddess circle small and tight like your pom pom, all right? Not everyone is meant to be in there, okay? Your goddess circle are the beings that you can call upon when shit hits the fan. They're the ones who are elevating and supporting your journey and are not intimidated by your growth, okay? Sometimes our friends can, uh, you know, get a little triggered <laughs> when you have a, a parade and want to rain on your parade and, and all this kind of stuff. That ain't no goddess energy. Okay? Your friends are happy for you. They're not intimidated by your growth. They're not triggered by your damn happiness and your growth and your success. 
They don't try to compete with you. They don't give you any weird evil eye vibes when good things happen to you. They are pure, genuine beings, just as you are. And if you're growing a garden, they're shining light on your seeds as support. And if you're destroying what is no longer serving you, they're hammering in the final nail of the coffin to keep you accountable. This is goddess energy. And by the way, this is something that is to work both ways. It's all about reciprocation within the goddess circle. Otherwise, it would just dry out. And that's not goddess energy either. Okay, so it's super, super, super important that we remember that. And those are just simple ways that we can embrace the energy of the goddess. Um, other things I would say that are more serviceable would include, of course, beautifying yourself and ensuring that you look your absolute best, whether you are at home watching Netflix or you're about to go film a TikTok or Instagram something, I don't know, or you're about to go out and take yourself for your regular um, you know, morning walk to Pilates or walk to your favorite cafe to get your iced coffee and, and work in the cafe to get your work done. Whatever you're doing, you can do it looking your best. And maybe your best to you is being just comfortable and wearing a simple outfit that is tailored to your body and makes you feel good. Maybe it's wearing your sweatpants and your hair is in a top and is in a knot. I don't know. But the point is you should feel good about how you look. And this is the true um, embodiment of Venus, right? Venus doesn't have an ugly day. Venus doesn't have <laughs> a day where she ain't glowing. Venus is the glow up star, period. So adorn yourself in beauty. So if that means, you know, upping your night routine with more beauty stuff for your face and your body, taking better care of your body, um, going from a monthly pedicure to a bi-weekly pedicure, okay, just to upkeep yourself and make yourself feel good, then do those things because that is also embracing goddess energy. Wearing what you want, dressing in the way that you want to, in a way that is, you know, honoring your sacred femininity, sac your sacred divine self, whatever that might be for you. Now, when I think of the word goddess too, I, of course, like I mentioned, I think of the earth and I think of the moon. Um, and I, of course, I think of the womb, um, but the earth itself is a nurturer right? Always providing and caring for all living creatures. And the moon is a physical manifestation of the goddess, of course, as she represents her many faces, including the maiden, the mother, and the crone. So I think it's really funny, though, when society paints the goddess as this cute fairy tale princess who can do no wrong, when the goddess has multiple faces, including the energy of the maiden, the mother, who's the real, I guess, quote unquote, innocent one, and then the crone, which can be the energy of death and destruction and, 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 and clearing out and rebirth, right? And when I think about one of the oldest archetypes of feminine energy, right, we're talking about biblical times, <laughs> one of the very oldest archetypes in biblical times is Eve herself, who chose to do what the fuck she wanted, right? So the energy of, you know, the goddess just as the energy of the divine feminine is not forced to do anything. These energies are not victims, okay? Um, if they want to create chaos, they will. If they want to create life, they will. So when society and the media paints the goddess as like, oh, the goddess is a pregnant uh, mama earth with, with, with flowers in her hair that's super green and, and petals on her very pregnant belly, 
Uh, sure. But sometimes the goddess is also the reaper with a scythe, ready to clear your path from all the duttiness that you refuse to clean for yourself. These energies are not victims, okay? When a goddess decides to do something and submit to whatever it is that is trying to get her to submit, it is because she is allowing herself to do so. The goddess is not forced into submission. And whenever there is an attempt to do exactly that, we see chaos. Always. Look at, look at the world right now. Trying to force the goddess in various ways, the divine feminine in various ways, fake sacred feminine energy in various ways to submit. And all we're seeing now is chaos after chaos after chaos after chaos. Why? Because we are upsetting the goddess. Okay? The goddess and the divine feminine are nurturers by creation. So when we pollute this energy and we turn the most ancient practices of this energy into something negative, we experience it as such because the goddess gives birth to all that is. Does that make sense? Okay. Now, the idea of Friday the 13th being bad luck, I would say, is actually just proof of how threatening the goddess is and how she is seen as. And I say that because the practices um, where Friday the 13th is seen as a positive thing um, are seen as negative or are seen as a threat to um, the expansion and the growth of society in the way that it is very um, westernized and, and colonized and patriarchal now. Okay, notice how any practice to do with praises of the matriarch figures are often seen as negative or evil. For example, in many African traditional religions, there are deities and forces of nature that are appeased and praised, and they are of the matriarch, such as Yamaya, Oshun, La Sirene, Mamiwata. These are just a few. These practices associated with these spirits are often looked at as evil and demonic, which is far from the truth and was only painted in such a light, of course, by colonizers. But even if we were to look at Europe and look at deities like Aphrodite and Hecate and Freya, um, okay, these deities are celebrated and even to this day, they're so celebrated. But if they were celebrated in a way that was so public as it was way back in the day, then you could be burned at the stake or your family killed and hunted, right? So all of these deities, these various practices, okay, they have practitioners that are also that are male and female, okay? It's not just women out here honoring them. Shit, even in ancient Egypt, the female deities carried very important roles to do with the afterlife from Sekhmet to Ma'at to the great cosmic mother Newt and Isis herself who brought her brother back to life, okay? And all these different practices um, and, and time frames, you know, again, have practitioners that are both uh, male and female. So when modern feminists say burn the patriarchy, is the problem truly the patriarchy of the entire globe or is it the white patriarchy? The ones who called our ancient practices demonic, called us witches and taught society to fear the witches instead of them who burned them alive. What's the tea? I'm not gonna drag any, any deeper into this, but I think you get what I'm saying, okay? The patriarchy of various cultures celebrates and supports the matriarchy and they understand her importance 
But then colonization happened and the minds of many became colonized too, brainwashing millions to fear the goddess and her power. So again, I ask, what is the tea? Hmm. Now, moving on. There are several rituals that you can do for Friday the 13th, and they actually truly reflect the goddess beautifully because they are rituals of both the shadow work and rituals of abundance and light and etc. So if you have any sort of protection work you want to do, any sort of reversals you want to do, baby, those things are going to hit 10 times harder today. So you can definitely do that tonight if you want to. Um, I would try to say do it in the last hour of Venus. That would be really great, actually. Um, you're welcome. <laughs> um, if you're looking to do um, rituals of abundance and prosperity, you can use any of your favorite ones to do and just know that same thing. It'll also come through very strongly 13 folds. Try to use the number 13 in your incantations if you're into that thing. Writing 13 intentions, um, reflections of thyself, writing a list of 13 things you love about yourself. That's also big goddess energy and super simple goddess rituals um, for thyself that you can do. Okay. Um, but yeah, you can definitely do both. Um, there's a lot of very vibrant luck in the air because today the North Node crosses the sun as it is preparing for the eclipse. Um, so this is also a very good day to plant new seeds as the moon waxes and continues to grow. Now, um, to celebrate Goddess Day, I will definitely be doing some sort of ritual as well um, because the number 13 is very personal to me, as is the energy of Libra. So I am very open to receiving the luck of the cosmos today. I'm super excited. Um, but I will also be sharing um, some rituals on Patreon that can be completed for today or even under the full moon. So if you want to go ahead and join the coven on Patreon, I definitely recommend that you do. Um, Patreon gets all the weekly horoscopes and the extra tea from me, um, as well as discounts on readings and products and so much other stuff going on. So you definitely want to sign up. Um, but before we end this show, I am going to talk really quickly about Ancestral Antidote um, that has come through for us all. So first and foremost, purge the home and give it a detox, okay? So really just taking out what no longer serves your home. Remove all the old entities of things that you are holding on to, old furniture, old books, all these things that are carrying just dust and energy that is just taking up space, taking up space where your abundance is to be. Get rid of it, okay? Get rid of those old ass plants too that you know have been, that been dying, that you've been trying to uh, <laughs> resurrect for over a year and a half. Get rid of that shit. All right. Detox the home. All right. Um, but as well, detox the body. Use blood cleansing herbs to help with this as well. This is also very, very, very important. The ancestors said, okay, they really want us to focus on cleansing our blood. Um, for some of you, it's really, really, really important than others. Um, but yes, you can Google various herbs that are blood cleansing that you can do for your rituals and whatever else. Um, but also taking several spiritual baths. Okay. Some of y'all stink, they said. <laughs> Uh, freshen up the altar. And if you're giving flowers to the altar, you also have to give flowers to yourself. Don't do for the altar and for spirit what you wouldn't do for you, okay? That is just hustling backwards and spirit sees that, baby. So make sure that you are upkeeping yourself in the same way that you are adorning and upkeeping the altar, okay? That's very, very, very important. The altar is an extension of you and your spirit. So it's very, very important that you are showing out for you because the spirits are noticing that shit. 
Okay. Now with this, of course, talk to your dead because they will be talking to you a lot. They are going to have lots of messages. I expect us all to receive lots of visits and whatnot from our ancestors this weekend and so forth. Um, it definitely has some kind of like Halloween vibes. I don't know, you guys, with Friday the 13th and the Scorpio moon, I'm really feeling like it's the energy of you know, just Halloween and like fall and like spooky vibes. I don't know. So yes, make sure you talk to your dead and you welcome them in with open arms and with lots of offerings, of course. And with that, I want to say blessings to you. This blood flower super moon, this is a potent time to be on earth. And I am ever so grateful to be here with y'all. I thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to tune in with thyself. One love, Ashe, peace.